Oh, good morning and welcome to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela and um, today we are going to be looking at um, fear. We're going to be looking at, we're going to have a really good conversation about fear and leadership. Um, and on the first half of today's show, we're going to be joined by Kishana Palmer, who is a COVID survivor and um, has really had her a, quite a few of her own experiences as it pertains to leadership um, and all of those different elements that come with leadership, survival. Um, and so in dealing with a critical election year, a global pandemic and social justice unrest, our lives and the way we function have vastly changed. We have had to make adjustments and pivot like never before. And so what that breeds is a lot of fear. What that breeds for many is survival mode. And we have seen some serious challenges when it comes to leadership and how leadership at all levels are handling these, these drastic changes. So we're going to be really digging deep today with some amazing, phenomenal guests who are going to share their perspectives and give us a little bit of insight about what they're doing, as well as how we can engage in our own um, leadership, um, how we can overcome fear, how we can um, be more than survivors, but um, you know, thrive through this time as well. So, um, definitely a great show. Looking um, forward to having you all engage in this conversation. Um, this is really exciting. So, um, and then we're also going to look at some um, some trending topics because you know it's really interesting because um, there are some things that are happening here in the United States that are also trending around the world. So we're going to look at that as well. I am really excited uh, for today's show. So I look forward to all of your engagement. Um, and uh, so stay with us on the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And um, today we are talking about um, fear and leadership and survival and all of those things that come along with um, everything that we're going through nowadays, um, everything that we've been going through in 2020, everybody's trying to throw 2020 away. <laughs> and um, we, you know, there are probably some very valuable lessons we can learn from 2020. So I have three guests on today's show that are going to give us some perspective and a little bit of their experience um, with this idea of leadership survival and really overcoming fear. Um, our first guest for this first hour, I am um, happy to introduce. This is Kishana Palmer. She is a national speaker, trainer, and coach with a 17-year background in fundraising, marketing, and talent management. She's an adjunct professor at Baruch College and Long Island University, and a certified fundraising executive, a board source certified governance trainer, and an AFP master trainer. When an organization wants to grow, find, and retain people on their team, raise money, and more, she is the philanthropic fairy godmother they have on speed dial. Her work isn't limited to organizations. She also coaches for social good. So I want to give a warm welcome to Kishana Palmer. Hi, Welcome, welcome. Hello, hello. <laughs> so good to have you. I am going to uh, acquire some of your services. Um, oh, come on. Come on hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love people who have strengths that are my weakness. That's my weakness. I don't I don't like asking for me. I don't do it well. I, you know, I said, well, oh, if you want to give a dollar, I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, and we're trying and to raise 10000 every day. Listen, I've been doing this. I was like, oh, I have to update that. I'm like, I'm, I'm 
rolling around into into 19 years at this point. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know, but you know like how you're like, I'm 21 for the 20th time. You know, right. um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's really how you feel, you know. I, I I still feel like I'm in my early 20s, so you know. You are alone. Happens. I do not feel that way. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> We all have our own truths. We all have our own truths. (laughs) Well, welcome. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. I um I'm I'm really excited about your hearing your story and and all of the things that you're up to. Thanks for having me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that so much. And thank you for having me on. I mean, you know, it's so funny that I never thought I'd be talking about um surviving COVID and you know what that's like to be. Um, a CEO of a company that was growing um, and has been continuing to grow during this time and what that's like to have to sort of navigate your personal life and your professional career and client work. And I'm somebody's whole mama. Okay, Dr. Right. Angel? And what what does that even mean? Um, and I, I was talking to um, some clients yesterday and said, you know, I just have decided this is the zombie apocalypse. It's either that or Jesus is coming. One of the two. Right. One of the one of the two, you know. <laughs> that's it. Wherever you believe, that's where we're going right now. Um, well, there, there was a whole what? alien thing earlier this year. I don't know if you heard about that, but yes. You know, and I am not normally a conspiracy theorist, Dr. Pamela, but I have to tell you that I did raise my eyebrow a time or two um, <laughs> and wonder. And you're right. <laughs> you can't help but to wonder. So <laughs> I, can't, I can't blame you. <laughs> so, so I would love to hear a little bit more about, you know, who you are. You're a whole mama. You oh, have this, this business that's thriving through COVID. You've survived COVID. But let's start with how you got to where you are today um, in terms of your, your business and the work that you're doing. You know, it's so fascinating. Kashana and Co. started um, in a former life when I was married. And I started this consulting practice as my sort of on the side. And I used to make this joke that it was like, the if he ever leaves me money, ah. the private school money, the extra Gucci purse money, the <laughs> oh, we realize we have this extra savings money. You know, many right. of our moms or matriarchs in our family taught us to put a little to the side. Um, And so that is how I started my work. Folks would come up to me at conferences and say, oh, my gosh, you are so much fun. You think you could come train our board? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And because I am such a nerd, Dr. Pamela, like I literally said, you know, what? I should probably get some certifications. I probably should get trained properly Mm -hmm. and became a certified board governance trainer. And that opened up a whole new world. And so See, I've never heard of that. I, I just have to jump in. Uh, go run rate. Like, tell me more. Yeah. So board source, which in the U.S. is like the sort of global the authority on proper board governance, okay. um, had a program for a select number of consultants to become certified in their framework and process and basically sends us out to be able to work with association boards, for-profit boards, nonprofit organizational boards, tech boards, VCs. Um, on making sure they have proper governance and that they are, you know, running organizations well and understanding yeah. how to raise money and understanding how to to govern. And so wow. a lot of 
and particularly if you've ever given to a nonprofit or served on a nonprofit or served on a board of any kind in any social organization, you might have looked to your left and right and went, what in the he- what is happening here? Now we haven't had me. <laughs> or one of my peers come and join us to be able to help folks understand that this is not what you do in your day job, but is a huge part of helping particularly organize, um, organizations run. So that's really kind of where I started is was in doing board governance training and facilitation. Hmm. Um, and then over time, I continued on into working on other types of projects for organizations, mostly large nonprofit organizations around leadership. And people would call me in to help them with their fundraising strategy. Kashana, I need to raise more money. Yes. Yes. And then oh, yeah. I'd get there and I'd say, I'm sorry, you don't have a a, a money problem. There's a leadership challenge we need to talk about. Mm. So, so I'm going to stop you there. Go ahead, stop me. That is usually what the challenge is. <laughs> that is usually the challenge. So on that note, we're going to go to break and I'm going to make note of that no, that that point you just made and we're going to yes. come back um, after uh, trending topics and we're going to talk about the leadership challenge. I love it. Awesome. With <laughs> we'll be back on the live exchange. All right. So um um, trending this uh, week today. This um, is um, there, now, and many of us may not understand or know what's going on in, in um, Nigeria right now. But there are um, protests. Um, the citizens are taking to the streets to protest police brutality. Sound familiar? Well, in Nigeria, um, there is a, um, a, a special police unit, and it's called Special Anti-Robbery Squad. And this police unit has um, been known to kidnap citizens, um, kill, torture, um, and and it, they, they've had enough. And they are um, protesting the dismantling of um, what it, the, the special anti-robbery squad, um, the acronym for that is SARS. Um, so if you see that Nigeria is protesting SARS, that is what it's about. And, uh, and interestingly, um, other, you know, there's protests that are happening all over the world in, you know, for different reasons and, and um, all of which the citizens have had enough and they're, they are being traumatized and brutalized by their governments and they've had enough. Um, another movement that has been happening is that um, is an Armenian movement because in the country of Armenia, there is civil unrest. Um, there's a deadly conflict going on between them and Turkey and um, a, a dispute over um, territory. And the United States has seen protests from Armenian Americans who are trying to raise awareness about this issue. Um, just a few weeks ago, the 101 freeway in Hollywood, um, California was shut down um, because um, Armenian protesters took to the, the freeway and um, blocked traffic. We just had another one in Philadelphia. There's one scheduled for Atlanta. So it's really interesting how the protests, they're happening worldwide. People are fed up. Leadership is corrupt in so many ways. And, and we are in an era where people are ready to fight and do what needs to be done to change that. So that is our trending topic today. And that's one of the reasons why I had to stop Kishana at the whole point of you don't have a fundraising problem. You had a leadership problem um, because mm-hmm. we are seeing this as a pervasive issue, not in businesses, but politically and all over the world. So 
I don't know what you're what you can do with all of that, Keyshawn. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, here you go. <laughs> Here's <laughs> the thing, like the, the, this this thing with SARS is mind blowing, and at the same time, is it though? Right. You know, I think that a lot of times we tend to um, boil down challenges, particularly around and affecting uh, people of color, and particularly Black folks, to the U.S. Mm-hmm. But as I made my way around the world before the zombie apocalypse. Um, <laughs> You know, when I was in Canada, when I was in the Netherlands, I'm in the UK, I'm in Australia, like doesn't matter where I went. When I talk to black folks, the challenges may show up a little bit differently, but the mist that goes under the door is exactly yeah. the same. And oh, what God. I and, and it's worse when it's mist that is um, that has no smell mm-hmm. and you cannot see at least here we can see a whole lot of it, you right. know. And so I think that leadership is kind of like that mist. Oftentimes folks who have the most clanging bell, who are most charismatic, because there's a lot of folks in positions of power because of power of personality, right? Um, end up getting to the front because they have, for one reason or another, have performed in one area of their life. And so folks think, oh, they're probably going to be able to do it everywhere. Or yeah. mediocrity can rule the day. And particularly, depending on the part of the world you're in, if you're a man leading in an organization, in a com- in a company, or in a country. And so that, to me, ends up being a huge thing that I see, um, Dr. Pamela, and I'm sure you see this all the time, too, when it comes to leadership. That folks get into positions of power, and they right. don't really deserve it, and they're not really that equipped. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you say mediocr- mediocrity can lead the day. Well, we, we, we've we seen it, and we know what happens um, when that, I mean, that is what that that is probably the statement of the year as as we talk about leadership and how leadership has handled the crisis that we're in, um, particularly in this country. Absolutely. We now one thing that that strikes me is that um, we have this you know these issues here in the United States, and we tend to be really um, ethnocentric in this in the stand from the standpoint of. And you you alluded to this that you know what happens in the United States. This is really. Our problems are are the ones that the world needs to pay attention to. This isn't happening anywhere else. Um, I'm wondering the ways in which you see these patterns of leadership, whether in the business world or the political world, what are the patterns that you're seeing that's leading to this corruption or mediocrity um, that we're experiencing? I liken it to the challenge we have with education in the U.S., uh, particularly around our Black boys, mm-hmm. where for many years, educators would allow our children, and particularly our boy children, to move on to the next grade, even if they weren't actually equipped from a content and from a comprehension perspective to move up. Right. They just keep getting bumped along, aged up, aged up, and aged out. And I think in leadership, a lot of times, particularly in companies and organizations where power of personality really rules the day, where you see that push to the front, where folks are in power and then in positions of leadership because of issues that are not of their own excellence. Hmm. Oh, that's good. That is well said. Thank you for that. Um, We're going to go to a break. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to delve a little bit more into your story and we are going to be looking at some research. So stay with us. We'll be right back. The Live Exchange, I'm Dr. Pamela. And um, today we're looking at the concept of fear, leadership, survival, all of those elements that are impacting our 
world and what we live in right now. Um, and so one of the things that, oh, I hear, I hear it. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. So our guest today, Kishana Palmer, is helping us to dissect some of that um, with, you know, her experience and her story. Um, Kishana, with regards to, you know, you talked about how you got into um, at least the beginnings of how you got into the business um, realm and, and the work the work that you're doing. Um, can you talk a bit about now? You I, I know that you're a COVID survival, survivor, um, and you know how did that come about? What was that experience for you? Um, thanks for asking me that. It was wild. I mean, I was in the I call like the first wave, and so we were like the lepers. Um, of uh, folks who people wouldn't come near or talk to or touch, you know, when I got sick, I remember being on a meeting and, and during a meeting and I was like, God, is it me? Is it warm in here? Mm. Um, home in my office where I am right now. And, you know, something told me, go upstairs and take your temperature. I just come off the road, um, about six or seven days before. And I think I'm a pretty like meticulous person. My friends tease me about how OCD I am about being about cleanliness and, um, I had a temperature and I never get a temperature. So I started checking my temperature and keeping track and doing the Tylenol the next morning. It still hadn't broken. It was still 101. Went to the urgent care center. Um, They were like, look, you normally have bronchitis. So let's just go ahead and do the COVID and the flu test and go home. And within 24 hours, I was like, death, do I see you knocking? I mean, it's wild. And I had 105 fever for almost a week. a little over a week, actually. And my daughter, to her credit, who is 14 going on 15, she just was like, hazmat suit down. <laughs> and <laughs> and really, really helped get me um, well because my family couldn't come near. And at the same time, both my stepdad, who has now passed away from COVID, and, and my mom had COVID at the same time. And I hadn't seen them in a month. And so this was all unrelated and happening literally at the same time. Wow. So. I just couldn't be sick. Like I literally was like, everybody who goes into the hospital is not coming out. And so I am not going. And, um, you know, my family's Jamaican. And so one of my mom's friends slid the, the roots recipe to the front right. door. Everybody's coming inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did that and walked and shot. I mean, I just did everything that I would if I was um, sick that wouldn't allow me to, to lay down. Yes. Um, and like, will I think I felt like I willed myself prayer and movement uh, in my kid, to be honest, um, well, but the effects lasted for two months. So I was not actually better until nearing my birthday at the end of May. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So this was uh, uh, March when you first? Yeah, it was okay. March, March 16th. And it. so it took a long time. Um, for my body to recover. And I, my eyesight has changed drastically. I still don't really? wear my contacts because we can't get the prescription to, to settle. Wow. Um, you know, so your body, my, things are happening on the inside and I'm like, oh, is this age or is this COVID? Mm-hmm. So That's I've had to really reassert my care, how I think about things, how I care for myself, um, you know, what I put in my body, all that stuff has had to dramatically change. Uh, because it is just so unclear as to the after effects of what it's doing to um, our insides uh, once you've once you've had COVID. Wow. Well, you know what's interesting that you said is um, that you know you had to will yourself through it. You you got up, you walked, you did whatever it took to not be constantly laying down. And it's interesting because that's exactly what Chris Cuomo on CNN mm-hmm. is going through. It that is exactly mm-hmm. what he said. Um, you know what? Do you resonate with 
I don't know how much you watched his experience. I did. It. it happened right after mine. And I was like, wow, you would think we knew each other. <laughs> um, you know, I, it resonated with me completely. And it was so peculiar that that was like literally his exact course minus the roots. I just want you to know, I don't think he had access to that. Maybe the Italian version. He didn't have right, the Jamaican right, version. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but wow. did, and anybody who I know who really focused um, and was able to get well, who didn't have an underlying condition that they didn't know anything about, Yes. Um, it was through movement. And I remember being so vigilant about telling folks like, get up and mm-hmm. move. Like, I don't care how tired you feel. So mm-hmm. I first just made it to the door. Then I made it to my fence. Then I made it to the corner and it was all in the middle of the night because I didn't want to be outside when yeah. anybody else was outside, you know? And so that was just something told me like, just get it done that way. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. was, that's what happened to me. Yeah. And and that would uh, you know and and not that there's any medical evidence of this, but that no. would make sense in terms of how you you know when you said people going into the hospitals are dying, they probably aren't able to get you know they're probably not given opportunities to get up and move because they're impacted so much. And I would imagine that that would would make a tremendous experience. I mean, difference in the experience. Um, you know, if if they had the capacity to allow people to do that. Absolutely. And what was crazy is that my son, my dad was in the hospital at the same time. Um, so we overlapped and we weren't allowed to see him. And I want to tell you, Dr. Pamela, like the, the amount of rigmarole that we had to do every day just right. to be able to get to a nurse, to get to him, to be able to talk to him. He's 86. Um, by the time I figured out my iPad hustle, where we got the iPad to the hospital to have the nurse on duty, hold it up to his face so we could just see him. Right. Um, we were able to talk to him at all. And I know and that was a gentleman that had been hospitalized before and made it out. Every time I was like, you made it, you yeah. know, and so we just knew it was going to be another time. He was like a cat with nine lives. And when we wow. got to the hospital, when he passed, that's when they allowed us to come say our respects. And we learned later out of courtesy, it was like Fort Knox in there. Like I literally was like, how is anybody going to survive this? They are locked up in here. Literally, like it was a hazmat zone everywhere. There's no way folks could have really recovered. Um, yeah. out of there. No way, no right. way, no way. My goodness, you know, it's interesting. I have a um, uh, somebody who has reached out to give us her perspective as a black nurse and just kind of the ways that they're being even just treated from a you know a racial bias perspective by patients and. Yeah. Um, and it would be interesting. I, I would love to also get that perspective from her as well. It would have been great to have her on this show, um, to, you know, to hear your perspective as, and hers as well. But um, but that's that's interesting. Um, one of the things that so we're we're going to transition into um, the research and then um, and, and talk a little bit about fear. But I want to I want when I talk about this, I want you to think about how this might apply to you know what you experienced at this time. Absolutely. All right. So the research today um, for this first hour, we're looking at five types of fear. Um, and as we know, fear can be quite debilitating and um, and it also can be a trigger for, you know, as it should be a trigger for change. When we have when we experience fear, um, it's an indicator to us that we need to do something different. Um, and so, it, you know, a lot of people. Um, you know, embody this slogan of, you know, fearless, and I fear not, and I have no fear. And I, you know, and and I'm not, I don't necessarily ascribe to that, because I think mm-hmm. we have fear for a reason, and we need to listen to that fear. And, 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 
<laughs> so I, you know, I, so I'm not, I will just put it out there. That's not my mantra, but um, there are five types of fear. And there is a difference between, we'll, we could talk about that, but there's a difference between, um, you know, claiming there's no fear and not letting fear take over. Um, so the five types of fear, um, and this is a model modified by Carl Albrecht, PhD, and um, beginning with extinction, um, there is this fear, uh, it, it, and this is the largest fear, I probably should have started at the top, but um, extinction, which is, you know, that fear of ceasing to exist, no longer being around death. And so there's that fear. Um, and within that, and this is aside from the model, um, one of the things that I have um, been reading a lot on is, especially with COVID around, um, that people, they're having this, um, it, it's an anxiety around getting sick. There's actually a, a medical term around that. And that has really been escalated, um, you know, during this time. Um, the second type of fear is that of mutilation. I mean, just even saying that creeps me out, you know, mm -hmm. well, I, don't, I don't even want to speak it, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm we're talking research here. So is it, <laughs> but, but that's, that's a real fear. And, and, you know, so to just be more specific, loss of body parts, anxiety about animals. So, you know, we don't think about that, you know, that maybe people are afraid of animals, afraid of dogs for fear of mutilation, um, bugs, snakes. So, you know, those of us who are um, afraid of creepy little crazy looking bugs or afraid of snakes, that's all related to this category of fear of mutilation. We don't want anything to happen to our bodies. Um, the next one is a loss of autonomy. So not having the freedom to move and, and, and do the things that you want to do. So within that is the fear of restriction. You're being restricted. I would say there's a lot of that going on here. Maybe um, in a lot of ways, irrational, um, don't wear mask. That's a fear <laughs> of restriction. That's a loss of aut autonomy. I'm not wearing my mask because you can't tell me what to do. That's one of those. Claustrophobia falls into that. There's, um, and then things that we just can't control, things that happen, the fear of, of things happening that we have no control over. Then there is the fear of rejection, abandonment, not being valued by anyone else, and then possibly getting the silent treatment. We see this happen in relationships where people don't speak up. They don't stand up for themselves because they are afraid of being rejected. And then the last one is shame. Can I say the word? Or, and I still didn't say it right. Or anything that threatens to embarrass us. So that, that, that deep shame. So the five types of fear shame, rejection, loss of autonomy, mutilation, extinction. So when we come back, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, um, I would love to hear your perspective as it pertains to these five types of fear. So absolutely. Stay with us. We'll be right back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And uh, today I am joined by Kishana Palmer and we are talking about overcoming fear, about leadership, about survival, and um, all of the elements that come to that. And so, before the break, uh, I was sharing a, um, a, a, a you know piece of research that looks at five types of fear, um, that including shame, rejection, loss of autonomy, mutilation, and extinction. Um, Kishana, I would love for you to share um, just kind of your perspective of of this model, but as it pertained to your experience um, with COVID. Absolutely. I mean, it's funny when you were talking, I wrote, I was writing furiously, like, oh, I was like, I need to look this thing up again. <laughs> um, and I think that for me, the, I remember feeling in the beginning, like, I cannot die today. 
Mm. Uh, my child alone in this world, it is not happening today. And just having that, like, not today was like a really critical from like making me like feel compelled to move. And I think that was, so as you were going through the the breakdown of the, the different stages, that was something that really stood out for me. Um, I don't think I have anxiety about stuff now, about dying per se, but I definitely feel like anxiety just like moved into my house and moved into the spare room. And it's like, I'm just going to get snacks. And so mm-hmm. keep showing up every now and again at times where I don't really expect it. Um, and can be very debilitating. And so I feel like, you know, really having to rail against anxiety right now and fear-based anxiety is so strong. And I see that um, from friends who are like, I am not traveling anywhere. I refuse to eat at any restaurant that's not completely outside. I'm not leaving my house till 2022, you know, like mm-hmm. they're they really serious about that. And then there yeah. are others who are like, just, we just got to live. And so I, I see both of those things and those tension happening a lot. I'm on the side of, you know, I've got to be cautious, but also, you know, I came really close to not making it because I could, I was nobody, you shouldn't have a fever for that many days and, and yeah. then have a low grade fever for then two months. Like something is not quite right in that math. Mm-hmm. Um, but that cannot rule the day. I have a whole kid to raise, you know? And so yeah. I think really sits with me, um, right now is that fear of the loss of autonomy is a big one, you know, that, and I see that a lot with folks in conversation, our our ability to be able to make moves and to be able to move freely. Um, And honestly, what we took for granted, the number of times that I said no to brunch or that I didn't go to a mixer or that I was like, me and my covers. Yeah. They had a warm place. And now I'm like, and there is actually nowhere to go. I mean, you know, like they're just it's so interesting, like what we actually take for granted. And I know in terms of the relationship aspect, the abandonment stuff under fear of rejection is real deal. Holy field. How many of us have had to rethink our relationships, our love relationships, our business relationships, our personal relationships over the last seven or eight months? Oh, God. You know? Right. And yeah, I know one of us have had, has had that experience and I am not exempt. Um, right. From, you know, folks yeah. who I thought would have been solidly in my corner of crickets mm-hmm. and then other folks who wouldn't even have occurred to me to clue them in were, are like, what do you need me to do? Yeah. So I, yeah. That has been really, really clear. Yeah. Well, and, and one of our um, viewers right now, Jamie, is saying um, the drastic loss of autonomy is what um, she thinks is the biggest shock for people. I mean, mm-hmm. it is. It was dramatic. It was sudden, you know, but I, I, I was... I was going to Jamaica. I was getting on a cruise a, a couple of weeks before the, the everything got shut down. I was like, well, I guess I'm not getting on a cruise, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, schools. I mean, just, the, you know, in, in every aspect of our lives, the, the things like you said that we've taken for granted suddenly are just not there the way that they mm-hmm. used to be. So, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, people are, are certainly struggling with all of that. Um, so as far as one of the things that... Um, uh, you know, what the, what I read about you is this idea of protecting your ballot and your piece, you know, in the workplace. What does that mean to you? I mean, the thing is that you've got to be able to create boundaries. And one of the things that has really resurfaced in my mind about boundaries, because I think we use boundaries sometimes incorrectly, is that mm-hmm. boundaries are about the spaces you create for yourself. Like it is about self-governance and, you know, yeah. people are like govern yourself accordingly. That is actually <laughs> the definition of having boundaries. <laughs> so at work, 
the days feel endless. I mean, I had to make a decision about getting dressed at one point a few months ago because I was like, what's the point? I mean, mm-hmm. I just wear t-shirts until it's cold. I still do. But at least <laughs> now, like, about the lip, about eyebrows, about pressing my t-shirt, you know? Right. <laughs> this show forces me to do that. <laughs> yes, I love it. And you look so great. And so, truly, like, boundaries are really about what we need to do for ourselves so that we're able to create space to be. And so oftentimes we think about boundaries as ways to keep other people out as gates. Right. And that's not really what they're truly designed for. That to me, back to those five steps of fear, that yeah. is really fear-based movement. That's and so if you're well thinking about, right. And if you're thinking about operating from a position of power and a position of, of having agency, then boundaries really are about what are the things that have got to be true for you in order for you to show up in the world boldly and being your best self and being your most authentic self. And at work, you don't get, you don't always get to be a hundred percent of yourself. And I think that we get caught up in that. Well, I just want to be myself. Do you know? <laughs> I don't want my next partner to know my whole single, my whole single woman behavior. And some of it is a mess. I you, you know, you're right though. I mean, you know, because also being your true self is sacred. And does everybody deserve that sacred part of you? Say that. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and my answer is no. Everybody doesn't deserve completely 100% wide open Pam. No. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. being at home, you know, Pam, is, is, is really interesting. Like, so for example, this is my home office. And so um, a lot of us, and particularly if you are a black professional, your home was your safety net. Like that was your Ooh. retreat. Now people didn't get to come into your house. Right. And now all of a sudden you want to be in my house. I have, you want to just be all in my area. And if I decide to move to the kitchen, now you get to see that too. You just the whole business. Right. <laughs> yes. And so boundaries can be about taking the extra step to make sure that the view space that you have behind you is is beautiful and the space that you're in feels good to you but everybody doesn't get the rest oh, or no. doing the dope digital background like one of the one of my um, clients i have never seen the inside of that lady's house the only thing i know is that her background is a floating tropical breeze that's <laughs> see. i love it i love it i mean i'm serious i mean and that, and that's 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 a concept that you know because i talk a lot about authenticity about being transparent but one of the things I think this conversation has has brought to my attention is that that doesn't have to happen all the time, that there are certain parts of you that you need to keep, you know, <laughs> um, for your own boundaries, purposes, not necessarily, like you said, because I'm doing it out of fear and I, I want to keep people out, but because you want to create a boundary of safety around yourself so that you can just be, you know, free, you know, Absolutely. to... To, to operate. So I have another question and I know we're, we're getting close to the end of the hour. So I want to get this one in um, parenting. Yeah. When, you know, now you're home. My daughter is 13. So she's kind of in that same age range. Um, how do you navigate parenting when everybody's home? And, and I'm, you know, everybody's situation is a bit different. Um, how do you do that? And I guess we have to do this after the break. because yes. we just got- <laughs> I thought I was like, <laughs> so after the break, I want you to share that with us. So Absolutely. <laughs> stay with us, everybody. <laughs> we'll be right back. 
All right. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela and I am joined by Kishana Palmer and we are talking about overcoming fear, leadership, persistence, survival, all of those things. Um, Kishana, before the break, I asked about, you know, how you're parenting through this and and maybe what, what kind of um, words of wisdom might you have for other parents? Yowza. Do you still like your children? That's the question that I ask all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the other day I was like, I'm winning as a parent because I still like my child and she yes. still likes me. You know, that's big. <laughs> so no one can can the young people still like us and can we still like them? Okay. But for me, it has been so revealing to see how much our young people need social networks. Yeah. And I have an only child and who is not the like outgoing, has 37,000 friends. She has like two friends. She's like, I don't really like people. Yes, so she was yes. happy to be in the house, yes. except now she's like, let me out. So <laughs> we have recreated all types of things. And so she is now completely like 90s R&B lover, you know, oh. she knows all the songs and the dance moves. We have had so many shows, things I just would not have been able to do if I was on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the opportunity to slow up just a little bit and really enjoy her and also just give her space. So I've watched more anime. Oh God. Ever want to watch in one's life. <laughs> I watched cartoons really as a kid. Now I'm watching them as an adult. So really like focusing on your children has been so critical for me and just bringing that like child mind, remembering what it was like for me to be 14 at her exact age. I was running these streets in New York City, not wild, <laughs> running to the library, just want to let you right. know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we were out we were out you know so it's 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 very different it's um and and i have to acknowledge um a, a comment by jamie you know she said facts i barely like mine anymore and and this is important to highlight and she also adds my kids have been learning old games i, I used to play because it yeah. really find time but i have to highlight you know the difference that the experience must be when your children are different ages because jamie Absolutely. has young children and and, you know, we've got middle school girls. They, she's got two young boys, you know. And so I, I can only imagine, you know, I, I can't imagine actually, you know, what it must be no, like. What it must be like to have younger kids. I'm like, my kid can make her own ramen, yes. breakfast food, rice-a-roni, <laughs> right. curry chicken and rice. You know, like I've gotten some basics down. So the kid is never going to go hungry. Yes. Um, but I cannot imagine what it'd be like if I was still navigating snack time and nap time and reading time and bath time. I'm like, go away time. Right, um, right. Quiet so, time. <laughs> exactly. So for yeah. parents who are in that stage, and even for us as mamas who are navigating so many things, um, really carving out time for themselves. And the thing that has really stuck with me is that um, my stepmom, when I was a kid, I remember that she still does it to this day with grown kids out the house, um, would get up every single morning at 4 a.m. Oh, wow. And didn't have to be up until six for breakfast and so forth. And I wonder, like, why is she up so early? And as an adult, I asked her, why do you keep getting up so early in the morning? And she was like, because that's that's my time for me. I love it. She reads, her, she reads her Bible and does her rosary and, and reads her paper and watch a little novella, sips her coffee. Yes. Before she even gets in the shower to get and get the breakfast and everything going, she has her time. That is so and important. So, so us figuring out how to prioritize ourselves so that we can be fully present for our kids. Like these babies are going to be okay. Like they are resilient humans and resilience and, resili- and, and, a, and a positive attitude and gratitude in the moment. 
the babies are going to model that as well. Absolutely. That's so for me, if I had one thing to say that is consistent, whatever your self-care practice looks like, build on that mm. and adapt that for where you are right now. And if you don't have one, or oh maybe it's time to figure it out. Hello. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Thank you. That is so important. And I think that, you know, mine is walking and that mm-hmm. has saved me in so many yeah. ways. Peace of mind, not to mention the exercise, not to mention, I mean, it, and, and reading books. I'm able to read books. books. You know, so it's it's it has been a multifunctional self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we are actually wrapping up the, the end of the first hour. This went really fast. Um and okay. so I I'm so glad that you were able to join us. Can you please let everybody know how they can connect with you? Absolutely. So I would love to continue the conversation on social media. And I am at Fund Diva, F-U-N-D-D-I-V-A, across all social media platforms. And if LinkedIn is your jam, just look me up, Kashana Palmer, two S-H's. And you can visit my website if you'd like at kashanaco.com. So super excited to be able to continue to hang out with y'all and continue the conversation. And thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, we had to have you back because that was only like a third of the conversation that I wanted to have with you. <laughs> so I'm happy we're going to have you call. I'm answering. <laughs> we are definitely going to have to have you. And we're going to have to talk about this fundraising. So we're yeah, not done. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We are going to take another break and we come back. We have two other guests and we're going to continue this conversation on the live exchange. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Thank you. To hour number two of the live exchange, I'm Dr. Pamela. And today we are looking at fear, leadership, change, and survival. And I'm really glad to, we, we had a great discussion with our first uh, guest, Kishana Palmer, this second hour, we are going to be joined by Angel in Levis and Asia Thompson. And um, we are going to continue this conversation. Both of these um, young ladies have um, some really great um, you know, track records and experience and feedback and information that they can give us as we go through this very interesting time uh, in our history. So um, I'm looking forward to learning is just just right alongside with you all um, based on these these women's experiences. Um, and we are going to be looking at some research and just delving in um, deep this hour. So stay with us, join the conversation, and uh, we will be back on the live exchange. All right. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And um, today we are looking at um, just leadership change survival, fear, all of those things that are really indicative of what we've been um, experiencing. Um, and, and we don't have to live in fear. We may experience fear, but we may not have to live in fear. Um, there's so many ways we can exhibit our leadership. Um, there's so many different ways that we can go about survival. And there's so many ways that we can address this change that we're experiencing. So I have two guests who are joining me today so that they, we can really explore the you know what what it means to redefine the purpose of all of these social trends um, and and what our definition of happiness and success um, becomes when we live in times like this. So our first guest, Angel in Levis, she. Um, Angel, I, I think I have. Oh, here it is. Um, when it comes to connecting the dots of audiences. Uh, you must be relatable, transparent, honest, and quite frankly, you have to know what you're talking about. 
Angel Levis marries her tremendous life experiences with her spiritual compass to guide others through managing life on and off the clock. Her direct nature draws audiences, but her keen storytelling captures their attention and provokes them to take action. She's the award-winning producer for the I Am Black documentary, The Enlightenment, um, and the recipient, uh, which is the recipient of the 20, 2019 Communicator Award for her radio program, The Woman Behind the Business Talk Show. And an international best-selling author, um, Angel Levis is helping individuals not only live, but to be alive. Welcome, Angel. Ow. Yes. Hi. <laughs> it's great to have you. I love the picture behind you. <laughs> I know. Yes. I, I really look forward to hearing more about um, your book therapy. Um, I it, it just sounds like it's so timely. It's exactly what we need right now. So um, I am I'm definitely um, looking forward to hearing much more about that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and also bring in our, our second guest. Um, and the, so the, our second guest is, she's an alumni of Temple University, class of 2020, um, Isaiah, and I'm going to get clarification on specifically how to pronounce that. Um, Thompson obtains her BA in public relations, um, now being used at Philadelphia's Black women-led PR agency, Thompson's Topic Public Relations, working with business and brands from Radio One. Brian Michael Cox, Danny Simmons, and more. She's grinding to show work with plenty more. Located in Philadelphia, specializing in lifestyle, essential fashion, and, and entertainment PR, our mission is to provide outstanding service while exceeding expectations in the most ethical manner. Thompson's topic, public relations, commits to performing any duties with the highest level of ethical standards. Welcome, is Isaiah. Am I saying, I know I'm not saying it right. Please tell me how to say your name. Isaiah, <laughs> oh. so it's Isaiah. Isaiah, okay, got it. Isaiah, nice to meet you. Welcome. Nice <laughs> Angel and Isaiah, you both are doing some pretty amazing things, um, you know, just in your life and, and just in light of all this going on with COVID. And, and that's one of the things that I think, uh, the reasons why I think it's such a great um, thing to have you all tell your story because many people have been struggling through, um, whether it is because of things are out of, out of their control, loss of a job, or because I have a business and I just don't know what to do with it in this time period. Um, so just from um, each of you, and, and I'll start with Angel. Um, Angel, if you could just tell me, you know, how are you faring through this this wonderful year of 2020 you know it's really interesting like i do really look at 2020 as being a year of like vision setting goals and actually um having some time to yourself to figure some things out to really look within yourself to figure out what you should be doing um i feel like for most of us we have been you know just spinning our wheels in a cycle of hey, this is what I think I should be doing, or I'm doing this because I want to make sure I get a paycheck, all of these different things. But I feel like this year, like if you really look closely at it, to me, it's really been a, a year of um, just self-reflection and how to progress forward so that I am walking within my purpose. Yeah. Um, whether that is in business as a mother or just me spiritually and being all of who God created me to be. So, yes. 
And and maintaining that mindset in that time. What is during this time? What does it take to maintain that mindset? Because I know there's times where it's like that that gets challenged at times. Yes, definitely gets challenged. Um, so I think for me, it's all about the creativity that has um, been afforded the opportunity to show its face even more than before. Yeah. Um, I kind of stated like when you were talking about some of the things that I've done. Like this year, like the whole I Am Black project was launched. Like it took us three weeks to produce this amazing documentary. And I think we're on our about like eighth award that we just received. Wow. Um, and so to have the time and the energy and the creativity to actually do something like that, um, I think is very powerful. But when it comes to like kind of centering yourself and staying focused, I think it's really around like making sure that you're doing daily things to keep yourself refueled and reminded who you are and who you are. Um, and so for me, it's often, you know, doing words of affirmation, not just for myself, but for my kids, because when they have to sit in front of that computer and they get frustrated, like, I don't want to hear what you can't do. Yeah. So equip you with some different things that you can tell yourself that you're constantly reminded of who you are and that you are, you know, amazing, brilliant, confident, determined, and excellent. And those are like the five things that I go over with my kids. And so just me doing the same thing and making sure that I'm constantly pouring into myself and celebrating even the small wins. Right. You know, oh, that's big. Times, huh? Yeah, that's big. Celebrating the small wins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like and, and making sure that if you're putting things on your calendar and you're saying, hey, these are my goals for the week, mm -hmm. then you're also aligning it with things that are your rewards for yes. whenever you mark off those things, give yourself some credit, celebrate yourself. Don't wait for somebody else, especially if you live alone or you're trying to, you know, combat this isolation by yourself. You right. want to make sure that you are affording yourself an opportunity to give to yourself, treat yourself so you feel renewed, refreshed, and so you can be ready for the next day. Absolutely. And I see that you are living exactly what you're speaking because you have affirmations right behind you. And <laughs> said, <laughs> so I, I think that's wonderful. And and to, to that is also my strategy to write everything down and not write so many things down that by the end of the day, I feel like I didn't accomplish anything, but to write just enough down to make it feel victorious by the end of the day. So when we come back, I am going to give you the floor. We're going to go to the break. And I would also love to know how you're faring through 2020 when we come back. So everybody stay with us and we'll be right back on the live exchange. Exchange, I'm Dr. Pamela. And um, today I am joined by Angel Levis and Isaiah Thompson. And we are just we're talking about what it takes to, and this, this is borrowed from Isaiah's work, but protecting our peace. Like, what does this mean? <laughs> so how, Isaiah, how are you doing through this 2020? So this 2020 has really been such an eye opener for me, especially being so young and just really being a witness to all of the things that is happening. I feel like 2020 is like candy corn and sardines. No offense. To <laughs> I like candy corn. I don't like sardines. <laughs> you know, 
everybody loved candy corns when they first came out, but then you have the people falling off from it. Like, you know, I think it's getting a little stale, or I don't like the <laughs> You know, it's just so many metaphors that can, that can explain this year, but professionally, it's, it's booming. Surprisingly, there's a lot of businesses, Black-owned businesses specifically, that are really bustling up and buckling down and yeah. doing what we have to do to really like I said, protect our peace and just really secure our bag with especially COVID and the quarantine. And we don't know when we're going back to office or when we're getting back to events. We have to do what we need to do to secure all four corners on our side. So it's really an eye opener and it's really a chance for all of us to sit and actually see where our crafts can be used most to make the benefits for everyone around us. Not even just ourselves, but for our peace of mind, our colleagues, our friends, our associates, everyone. You know, so it, it's been a crazy year. Yeah, to say the least. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that um, you know comes to mind when you when you when you ask you're you're running a PR firm, right? So. With PR and what's going on now, are you, are you finding that that people are reaching out more or reaching out less? Because you said it's been booming right now. What how what does that look like for you? Yes, yeah, so definitely a lot of businesses are you know planning and implementing a lot of uh, strategic plans that'll help them pivot once COVID is hopefully over soon. Um, and we all, like I said, want to secure our investments, want to secure our future, and we want to make sure we're doing that the right way. Um, there's a lot of people out there who we want to make sure that we know what we're doing when it comes to building business plans or building out our creative ideas. We also want to make sure we stay in our lane without messing up our route of our creative ideas as well. So yes, that's outreach with PR and marketing and branding. And also... There are a lot of like virtual seminars and a lot of uh, virtual platforms that are birthing at this moment that have a lot of tools and resources that helps us a lot. Uh, whether you're a new entrepreneur, you're an aspiring entrepreneur and you might not have an idea yet. Or if you're if you have five to ten businesses already and you just need help getting the ball rolling on a couple of them. There's a lot of resources and there's a lot of traffic out there for people who's reaching out and just trying to find the right path to take when it comes to solidifying their business. Right. Absolutely. And I'm definitely want to circle back to both of you about, you know, business and what it means right now for businesses. Um, Angel, I would love to know a little bit more about your documentary because part of this process here that we're going through is impacted by our identity. You know, being black definitely makes a difference in how we are experiencing this in this era. Um, your documentary, I Am Black, can you tell us what this is about? So I Am Black uh, originally came to me uh, right when COVID started. Um, I started doing like these weekly prayer breakfasts and uh, completely virtual. And um, one day after the event, one of the gospel singers was sharing a story of how he got pulled over by the police with his two children in the backseat. Um, and he was pulled out of his car and yelled at harassed by the officer. Hmm. And if you saw this guy, like when I say he's the most non-threatening man, like ever. Yeah. So it was just like, this is completely uncalled for. And I had to check myself in that moment because I had a judgment there. Because I said, why would they do this to you? Like, you're you. Like, who does that? Yeah. And I realized if I have that 
misconception of who is typically, you know, pulled over or, you know, who's more susceptible to being pulled over, that I'm just as bad as everybody else because mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not aware, I'm not really recognizing that it really doesn't matter how non-threatening yeah. you are. It's yeah. going by the color of your skin. Absolutely. And so from that, like the entire platform was established, the documentary, um, it aired on Juneteenth. And um, and we afterwards we had a live panel conversation with um, Michael Eric Dyson, Howard John Wesley, um, nice. Tommy Porch, like so powerful men to be able to share their perspective of and even their experiences being pulled over and how do we move our country forward? So, yeah, that sounds quite powerful. And where is it? Is it where is it available? Is it something that people can go check out? So, People can check out IamBlack.org. That's okay. the website. But right now, it um, uh, like totally surprising to me, uh, has been picked up by a few film festivals. So it will be airing in a few film festivals. So we do not have it live right now. But you Got can it. check out when you'll be able to view the documentary um, on our website. Okay, awesome. Yeah, definitely would want to stay up to speed on that. Um, And Isaiah, with your experience as a Black woman, we have 30 seconds. Um, What what has been unique in terms of being a Black woman in this era as a business owner? You know, as put aside, as much as we are put aside, it's, it's real amazing to see how diverse we are and how easy we can adapt to each of our situations. Just real quick, you ever notice when you out somewhere and you see everyone doing the dance move, but how quick we can just yes. jump in and get in the dance moves. I just love how diverse we can use that same skill set in both our personal lives and business. Absolutely. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, thank you. So we're going to we're going to continue this conversation. When we come back. Everybody stay with us. If you have questions, comments, definitely post that on the social media and we'll definitely acknowledge them. So stay with us. We'll be right back on the live exchange. by Isaiah Thompson and Angel in Libus. And we are talking about really what it means to um, survive and thrive through 2020. Um, and so these, these, these women both have um, some amazing, amazing initiatives going. And it's always good to, to be influenced, to take in the energy from people who are, who are doing it and who are making a difference. And so Isaiah, I would love to hear more about your campaign, Grind in Silence. You know, let silence be your noise, the campaign. And the reason why I say this is because I toggle between grinding in silence or announcing what's happening. I don't always. So, for example, I'm writing a book and I've been kind of quiet about that. But last night I took pictures of myself writing and I posted like, hey, working on the next book. Didn't say what it was but I just put it out there. So I would love to hear about this campaign and whether or not in your, from your perspective, I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> Congratulations on your book. That's amazing to hear. Um, so yes, the Grind of Silence campaign is really an initiative for not even just entrepreneurs, just members of all communities that's interested in business, digital, tech, writing, just anything that has to do with using their creative skill set. Just learning what's right for them and what's right for their business at the same time. There's a lot of situations where we get out there and 
we go into an event or we go into a meeting and we're just so full of joy and we have so much passion and so much happiness behind our ideas and behind our reasons to share. But most, not most of the time, but sadly sometimes we don't get the same energy back. It's it's always a question of doubt or there's mm-hmm. a, a phrase of you might not know what you're doing. So yeah. just really knowing the difference of what's for you, what's really right for you and right for your business at the same time. Because if you go into a situation with a, a great idea, you're like, I feel good about sharing my idea. I know everyone's going to love it. And then the person or the people you share with just doesn't give you back that same energy. That often casts fears on how we're going to move on next and continue on next with our new ideas. So as I've always preached, it's just really protecting your inner peace, your personal peace, and really your feelings of not only just you expressing your feelings, but your feelings of knowing how you're going to move once you receive information back on something you were so happy for. And knowing how to really just take that and let it fuel you to doing your next step instead of letting it define you. Along right. with social media, you know, it's really there to help us. It's not there to define us. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a balance then that we need to strike between, you know, what's what's going to keep our peace and what might kind of destroy our, I guess, livelihood. Um, yeah. in the process. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's so, that's so important. Absolutely. Um, when- I actually wanted to add something to, to what she just mentioned. Please. Um, and I totally, totally agree with you. Um, but I also think it, it applies when you've won, right. Yeah. Um, when you have excelled at something and you are just over the moon yeah. and you go and you tell somebody and they're just like, oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you are like an overachiever and you're used to exactly. like you know constantly winning. Exactly, yes. it may be something that mm-hmm. you are just like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even know this Everything was possible. Exactly. And you share it with your your best friend or your family member, yes. and they just completely deflate yes. you. Yes, Absolutely. you like yes. you mm-hmm. you go from oh my god, like I got something to tell you. And then they're like, okay, and you're like, word? Right. <laughs> you know, and so it's really important that you have like a village, right? Because your village, you select certain people that you know get kind of like where your mindset is and you know, the different things that you want to accomplish. Yeah. And even if they don't understand it. Nine times out of ten, the people in your village, they gonna rock so hard, like they get everything that you just said. Because yep. they share that same mindset. They share that exactly. same exactly they, they share that same hunger. Some people may call themselves antisocial, but in reality, it's just them protecting their aroma around them. It's just them <laughs> have all four corners secure, making sure that they really have that balance between, oh, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. And, okay, I think I'm ready to share this with my public now. You know, just moving with your own pace, not really moving on what everybody thinks you should be sharing all the time on social media, just yeah. doing what you happy in your own definition of happiness and success. That is so important. I mean, everything that both of you are saying, um, and I'm going to bring it back to this whole idea of protecting your peace, because protecting your peace also leads to your protecting your livelihood. And your livelihood is what keeps you going and keeps you bringing new ideas um, without fear, uh, but with confidence. And so I think 
I think one of you may have been peeking in on what I was writing last night because this is exactly <laughs> this is exactly what I was writing about is who do you have around you to keep the momentum going to lift you, um, you know, in good times and bad times. Um, I love your point also, Angel, about when you're winning, who you can share the wins with. Because there are people who are sick of your stupid wins. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're done with it. Like, Over it. Yes. And so you have to be, yes. So we do need to pay attention to those things that are around us. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. I, I can stay on that. That can be a show. All yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to ask is, is what do you think, and, and it's not necessarily playing one against the other, but what do you think sets you apart as a, you know, we, we've seen 2020 and the way that some people are thriving and some are not. What do you think is the biggest difference between those who are thriving and those who are not? I believe what may be the biggest difference, it, it can be different factors in everyone's life, you know, because everyone is living, but not everyone is living the same way. Life happens. You, you, you never know somebody in their family um, member might have been affected by COVID and they now have to put things on pause to take care of them. Or they may have financial issues. You know, there's a lot of people that's mentioned before that isn't really working their regular hours. Or they may not have the support, or they may not even know the resources to go to. It can be yeah. just things just as simple as that. So the Ground and Silence campaign is really just that tool, that resource, that initiative mm -hmm. to remind people that whatever they're going through, whether they are posting on social media every day or they're not, or whether they are creating or they're just thinking about it, we're with you. You know, like we have that feeling, or we've had that feeling where we've all been stuck, or we all felt like we've been too stagnant and we weren't pivoting when in reality stagnation and sometimes roadblocks are required to get to where you want to be because success Absolutely. isn't really no, not right now so no. you know it's just really a lot of factors that can factor into reasons why people aren't really acting on things that they may want to put their foot towards at the moment but we're here for them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So so I, I have to ask you, Angel, based on um, what Isaiah just said, sometimes we have to face those roadblocks in order to get to the next level. Is that something that you that resonates with you in terms of your own experience? Yeah. And, and I don't think that they're always just necessarily roadblocks, but also just the no's. Mm. A lot of times yes. people so hesitant and fearful of being told no that they feel like it it's broken them right yeah, yeah. as your no sometimes is your greatest blessing sometimes that no is just a reminder of okay maybe i need to finesse a few things so mm -hmm. i can get to the yes right yes. um or it may just be that there's something bigger and better waiting for you that right. is more in alignment with what you should be doing. And because sometimes we just, especially in business, um, especially for startups, sometimes you just take business because you need to generate some money. You know, uh -huh. you got to pay your bills. Right. You got to make sure that you can eat. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you're told no in those instances, it's because that's not what's for you. Right. There's something bigger and greater and that would take up the space for what is really meant for you. And yeah. so really being open-minded to 
just going with the flow and understanding that, hey, a no isn't a never. I right. know just this isn't what is there for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that, that, that triggers another question. Uh, oh, I can ask it. Okay, because um, we were going to go into research, but we're not. So uh, that triggers another question. How do you know when to stop? Because sometimes, you know, we, re we reach a challenge and we, especially as Black women, are like, no, I can overcome this. And then we fight and fight and we overcome it and we're victorious. And then there's other times where that no really means no, like you need to stop and turn and pivot. How do you know right. the difference? So what I always tell people is when you are doing something, is it really beneficial for somebody else? Is it changing the course of somebody else's life where it can impact them positively? Yeah. If it's just something that you, you want to do because you enjoy doing it, baby, that's a hobby. That's not a business. Okay. <laughs> So a right. business is generating revenue from what it is that you're passionate about or that you're purposeful um, right. around. And so the main thing around business is even if you look at anything that you buy, you are buying things that are either benefiting your life, it's making your life easier, it's making you happy, it's doing something that adds value to your life. Yeah. If you cannot see how whatever it is that you're trucking towards doing is adding value to somebody else's life, it's time to pivot. Wow. That's great because a lot of times we think about how it values our life and it will value my life because it pays the bill, you know, and, and, and maybe like. Don't nobody care about your bills getting paid. Right. <laughs> and that's one level. And that might not even be, you know, there may be a whole other way to get that bill paid. So we have to be willing to think beyond that. And I think that takes us overcoming the fear of, of lack, the fear of, uh, you know, what if I don't make this money? What's going to happen? Um, so we, we have to go to a break. Um, so but when we come back, we're going to get into the research a little bit. And, and I would love to hear your both of your um, thoughts on uh, the research. We're going to look at what happens when we go through adjustments in life. And um, so stay with us and we'll be right back. And the research, um, this one comes from Psychology Today, and it's looking at what is called um, adjustment disorder. So when a stressful event in someone's life prompts a lengthy or extremely excessive, excessively negative reaction, something COVID is a great example. Um, and, and I don't want to just focus on COVID, but, you know, the, the protests and, and all of the things that I mean, we can we have an endless thing, endless things that are happening um, this year. And when we have an extreme or excessively negative reaction to those things, um, this this can be considered um, an adjustment disorder, um, meaning that we are struggling to adjust to that are happening. Um, adjustment disorder often brings a depressed mood. Um, we can hear the back. Hello, producer. We can hear y'all. I just want to let you know. Um, oh. so, so adjustment disorder, um, often brings on a depressed mood, um, anxiety, um, you know, and actually inappropriate conduct. And so norm violating conduct. So for example, we have seen, um, you know, people who have done some really outlandish things during this time period of, you know, just unexplainable, like why, why are they doing that? What is, what's going on? Um, 
And so this distress, this distress or impairment is associated with, um, it, it manifests in uh, decreased performance at work and school, temporary changes in social relationships. Um, and then the stress-related disturbance does not meet the, it, it doesn't meet the criteria, criteria of other mental disorders and um, is, you know, it, 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 it can change and it, and it varies depending on what the adjustment is that people have had to make. So let's look at this major adjustment of now we have to be home more. Um, what kinds of behaviors and levels of anxiety and depression have resulted from having to be home more, um, from being laid off from work. Um, I mean, the, the list is endless. So looking at this, and this, this whole idea of adjustment disorder, um, one of the things that, that Angel has, has talked about or has championed is this idea of, of mommy guilt or feeling guilty um, you know, from, from traveling and, and so forth. And Angel, I would love for you to speak to that a little bit, this idea of how that might have changed with this whole, you know, COVID, with 2020, with all of the things that are happening. Uh, in regards to the mommy guilt? Yes. Um, so, you know, I think it's very interesting. Like, I actually have kind of two responses, like, just based okay. off of, like, the research. Yeah. Um, just from a parenting perspective, I think that the adjustment for kids has been real. Okay? Yeah. I feel like children have really gone through this year, possibly more than adults, and I don't think that we're going to realize it or see it until much later. Um, even if right. you just look at, I think that they've potentially gained more weight this year hmm. um, than other years because they're indoors a lot more. Parents are less likely to have them outside. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of kids have, um, and even Black people have been on vitamin D more um, and had to take supplements. Hmm. Had like that that outdoor school things like that. I think are major impacts to our society, especially to kids. Yeah, I'm a mother with the whole mommy guilt. For me, like traveling as much as I had been, it was. I'm actually when I say like it was a blessing to be home. Oh, um, wow. It really is because I actually get to spend even more time with my children and still do the same things that I was doing while I was on the road. Um, except from this perspective, I'm able to really learn, well, how well are they doing in this subject? Because now right. I have complete, like, you know, I can see everything that they're doing and I can see areas that they need to be improved. So the mommy guilt has kind of sort of subsided mm -hmm. um, to a certain degree, but I feel like there was a slight transfer into, okay, but mommy is here, but I yeah. need to be alone so I can get my work done. Right. And so then it becomes an adjustment of teaching everybody like, okay, this is mommy needs to get work done so you can have a place to live versus, hey, we can go play type thing. Yeah. 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 And I can, I can completely see that. I've had a little bit of that. My daughter is home with me every day. Um, but if I'm not able to be present while she's home, I, I, you know, I'm grateful that during the school day she's doing school, but then after school she's ready. She's like, Hey, you know, what's going on? You know? Can we, can we, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I, I can completely um, identify with that. Um, Isaiah, do you have any, any 
thoughts about that? Um, and I know I kind of threw out two things that you both at once with the research and the whole mommy guilt piece. <laughs> but um, just curious to know your thoughts on this adjustment issue. Yeah, well, from research, uh, I don't have any kids of my own, uh, but from research, I have friends who have kids, and um, I know it's been very difficult for them. Um, They have to find time and balance between knowing where they can relax and sit to the side and still give their kids attention without their kids going, Mommy, 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 can we make this? Can we cook that? But, you know, they also have me, the great aunt, too, that helps them take that stress away. So, um, yeah, I know that it is hard for a lot of mommypreneurs out there, but when it comes to um, the reason why people act on their businesses and act on their ideas because of fear, it's going to really sound conflicted, but as the research says, people aren't really afraid of of the action of fear because they don't know what it is, right? Because that's why they're scared of it because it's unknown to them. Yeah. I believe that people really sometimes, maybe not all, but they may need like a balanced environment. Like they may need that workplace to go to every day and they may need that alarm that wakes them up every day at 10 a.m. for them to know that they're having a productive day. So having that switch between, um, like Angel said, going outside and getting that vitamin D every day and knowing how to set time aside to yourself and give attention to your kids, that's a big shift. Uh, whether it's giving attention to your kids or giving attention to another skill that you want to perfect. So, yes, I definitely believe that fear is playing a big role on everyone right now because there's a lot of factors that's factoring into our actions of fear because we don't know what's going to happen next. Absolutely. Yeah. The the uncertainty of Will things be back to normal because 2021 magically appears? Well, <laughs> maybe <Yeah>. not, but, <laughs> <laughs> Ready to kill. Yeah, but um, yeah, right. I mean, we, the, the unknown is in, and we are in for quite a ride with the unknown for, for quite some time, you know, beyond this, um, this brings me to angel and um, angel um, lives, Livis, who has um, her book therapy. And part of the, the, I guess, uh, uh, catalyst or what I understand for this book is that, you know, her in therapy is highlighted because women in so many ways, we're healers. We, we spend a lot of our time, a lot of our energy, um, even inadvertently being sources of healing for people. Um, I would love to hear more about that and just really what this book intends to do. So her therapy is really all about um, just balancing life as mom and boss. And the book was actually written before COVID. Um, Even though I went back and added a part that encompassed everything that moms and dads are going through in this time. And the book is really just supposed to be a blueprint to help you realize, one, there's no perfect way to be a mom, right? There's no perfect way to parent your child. But I always trust that God gave y'all each other because y'all need each other, right? We need each other. (laughs) Um, But with her therapy, it's really just to let you know, like, I, I talk a lot about my journey. I talk a lot about what it took for me to have children. Like I had five miscarriages back to back before I was able to successfully have my first son. And I attribute that experience to why I am very inclined and intentional with incorporating my children in 
my day-to-day, my life, the work that I do. And so the book gives you a blueprint to be able to impact um, or implement what's called the quiet method, which I can share with you a little later after the break. Okay, we can do that. So stay with us on the live exchange and we'll be right back. I am joined by Angel in Livis and um, uh, Isaiah Thompson. And we are uh, talking about just what it means and what it takes to get through 2020. Um, Just before the break, Angel was talking about her book entitled Her Therapy, The Battle Between Mom and Boss. And um, you said you were going to give us a little um, snapshot of what the quiet method is. Yeah, so the quiet method is just five quick things to help you overcome like guilt and just chaos and confusion. Um, And the very first thing is just managing quality time over quantity. So you don't feel bad um, about how much time you're actually spending with your children. So if you just make sure that you have like that main time that you allocate, put it on your calendar, that there's something that is designated for them, it goes a long way. Um, And then being understanding, being intentional, um, and being just transparent, like we're being truthful, you know, with whatever is going on. Um, yeah. It really, it really goes a long way. Um, and then allowing them to express themselves and you to also express yourself to your spouse, to your children. So everybody's clear on how everybody's feeling and how everybody's doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. I mean, and that, that whole communication expression dynamic wasn't really a thing of previous generations. And, and um, it's definitely something that my children experience is, you know, I, I want you to communicate. I want you to learn how to communicate. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Opening those lines. Um, so I want to give uh, uh, Isaiah an opportunity to just kind of share, you know, what just words of wisdom, and, and how people can connect with you as we are, are starting to close out. Yes. So please, everyone out there, if you're an inspiring person of business, someone who is feeling like they need to do something different or they want to do something different, or you want to use your skill set in any type of way, whether that's helping yourself or helping somebody. As my good girl Angel was saying, if it doesn't make money, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you also have to make sure you do enjoy what you do and that you are bringing values and you are making your skill a necessity. So yeah. if you would like to check to see how you can best pivot that forward in the best strategic way possible, please find us on our website at www.thompsonstopicpr.com. And you guys can also follow us on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at ttopicpr. And please send us an email, send us a DM. We love to continue our chat, as you can see. We love to have fun. We love to talk. <laughs> please, we talk to us. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Isaiah. And Asia, could you share your words of wisdom and how they can connect with you? Yes. I'm Angel. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So uh, if you want to learn more about her therapy, we also have a new book coming out, Side Hustle to Main Hustle. It's coming out in February. Nice. It is available on our website. Um, and it's all about transitioning into full-time entrepreneurship. And I do teach a course on that as well. Right. Um, and so we have that going on. We also have the documentary. So a lot that you can find out. Um, you can follow me on social media at Angel in Livest. 
Um, and you can also check out the website, angelandlivis.com. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I wanted to make sure we got that part out so I can ask you the last question of the day. <laughs> um, and that question is, this is for both of you. Um, at the beginning of the show, Isaiah had said that 2020 has opened up our eyes to a lot of things. So I would like to know from each of you, what has 2020 opened your eyes up to as it pertains to yourself, but also to just what you've learned about the world? So for me, I would say that it's opened me up to re realizing my own strength. Mm, yeah. uh, when, I mean, last year I went through a divorce. So now I have two kids, yeah. doing school, running two businesses, Ooh. writing books, doing documentaries. And so I say all of that to just remind people that, Never let your environment or your circumstances deter you from pursuing and being your best self. Yes, that's really show good. up every day and just, you know, walk your walk. Don't worry about anybody else because you are enough in what God has given you. Oh, that's so well said. Thank you. Thank you for that. Yes, I would love to add on to that. I would love to say to everyone out there that move to your own pace. Just open our eyes to know our to know that we have to really learn and know our own limitations, to know mm -hmm. what we can take and know what we can't take. It's okay to say no. It's okay to take that nap. Take as many 15 breaks as you want. Yes. Your life, you're in control. Not your friends, not the social media group that you're in, but they are there to help. So just make sure that you know yourself and you know what you want, and you'll always be happy with every decision you make. I promise that. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I just want to thank both of you for joining us today for such an important conversation. And I really do hope that people continue um, to have this conversation and to reach out to you. Um, and so I want to thank you all for tuning into the live exchange where every week we exchange compelling dialogue around humanity, intellect, and change. Definitely join me next week at 11 a.m. Eastern time as we discuss Black Lives Matter from a number of different perspectives. Today, or today and together, we can right the wrongs, we can speak the truth, we can rise above, and we can stand for change. Thank you again for tuning in. Have an empowering week.